Good evening, everyone. So lovely to be with you this evening. I hope everything's going well for you, that the Lord is strengthening you, encouraging you, and battling any kind of uh, anti-emotional, anti-heart, anti-mind uh, thoughts that might be bothering you, plaguing you. So I really hope that today's this evening we'll have everyone's full attention just to stop by the middle of the week and uh, refuel. Is that right? Uh, let me... Uh, let me get started with a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much, Lord, for what you have, uh, for what you have called us to. Father, if it wasn't for your calling, we'd all be um, uh, searching our way through life, trying to figure out meaning, significance, and a, and a sense of purpose, Lord. But you have called us, and your calling is very specific. And your calling is not to a place, to a destiny, or to a to an outcome. Your calling is to a family and to a relationship with you. So therefore, we can enter into it immediately and stay in it and right to the very end of our lives, we can actually live uh, a purposeful life because our purpose is wrapped up in a relationship with you. Not on our own, but with you. Not on our own, but with you. So the onus of success for our life, the onus for the outcome of our life isn't resting wholly on us. Lord, I just am so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that that is what you have designed for our life, Lord. You have, you have purposed for our life. Now, as we stop, Lord, and as we look into your word, as we pray for many, many matters that, that bleed your heart, Lord, I pray that we would find, you would find us faithful and you would find pleasure in our worship tonight, in our, in our uh, spending time with you this evening. Lord, let every, everybody who is present truly be present. I pray that you would knock out any distractions around. Let not the doorbell ring, the phone ring, and all the other things that normally happen, oh God. Let, there be, uh, let them be allowed to just focus. Let them be allowed to focus. And even if the heart wants to stray, allow, oh God, uh, for us to just focus. Because in the focus... In our focus on you is when we stay walking on water. The moment we lose that focus, when we take our eyes off you, that's when everything else, what we were on top of, becomes what we have a problem with. Lord Jesus, hear our prayer and answer in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope I'm bright enough. I've put on every possible light in this room. Uh, so as the later it gets into the night, it's 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 difficult. Once again, welcome to to everyone who's joined us today. And for those of you who are not familiar with this, this is basically what we call midweek refuel, where I, as the pastor, uh, make myself available and the word available for just about half an hour, forty five minutes. Sometimes I go for an hour, but uh, do that midweek so that we all feel strong and we kind of. Um, uh, get that midweek sort of a boost. And I don't want any of my people even to spend one day feeling kind of low or lose heart, or I don't want my people to do that. And you may not be a member of my church, but then if you are listening, then uh, you, you, you're giving me the honor to, uh, to minister to you. So that's kind of, thing. it is a one-way conversation. I understand that. Uh, so I invite you to join me on Sunday morning service in a Zoom call uh, which we have uh, for the believer service. That would be wonderful as well. Let's get started. This time I want to get into the word first, and then I want to pray later. Asher, lovely to have you, brother. Um, 
This evening I've chosen chapter four of Jonah, the book of Jonah, chapter four. Jonah was a minor prophet, not that he was minor, but he, uh, he, he's not one of the bigger books. He played a minor role in the prophetic uh, uh, work in, during which time the Lord Jesus was being uh, was being foretold about. Jesus was coming, the Messiah was coming, the Deliverer was coming. In the middle of all of that, of, uh, till that time, the nation of Israel had to be focused, had to be wise, had to be separate, had to be sanctified, had to be holy, set apart. And in doing so, uh, they were keeping themselves for that seed which God had promised to Abraham. Uh, and that seed, of course, was, was Jesus. So it was very important that the nation of Israel kept away from everything around it. In the middle of all of that, there is also the study of the nature of God and the heart of God through the prophets in the way he dealt with the prophets and the way he dealt with the people and the way the prophets and the people kind of collided or worked together. We have some amazing minor prophets. Hosea, that's that's oh, that's a that's a blow. I mean, that's just uh, that's a short minor prophet book, but you got to read it and you'll get the heart of God in no time. Nehemiah, Nehemiah, that's a tough one. Uh, you've got uh, even Jeremiah is a long book, but he, but he played such a vital role uh, in, in, in understanding, helping us understand the heart of God. Jonah is just another guy who takes it to another level. He is our suicidal prophet. <laughs> he, he's, he's our angry prophet. He's our ultimatum prophet. Uh, he's the guy breathing ultimatums to God, and you don't you don't do that and get away with it. But this guy just uh, it's insane. And I wanted to go straight to chapter four, where you have God's response to what Jonah was all about. And I want to pick up a few thoughts there and just ask ourselves whether we struggle with the same idea. Assam is underwater. There's just like hundreds of people have lost their homes. Uh, many have died. Uh, other parts of our country are also flooding and, uh, and, there's, and there's rain bursts. There's also other cloud bursts. Then there's other parts of the nation that are, uh, are struggling with the whole COVID uh, challenge, especially Maharashtra and uh, Tamil Nadu, not to mention the other states as well. Delhi is not too far behind. So there is pain, there's suffering, there's struggle, there's, there's thing. Is God listening? Does he care? Is he patient? Is he slow to, to hear prayer? Does God feel? Does God understand? Does, does God care? And over here through the book of Jonah, it's the funniest book. It just kind of ends abruptly. It ends with God asking a question and the curtain drops. We're like, what? And I'd love to just go over that chapter with you. And then we're going to spend some time in prayer for some of the needs uh, around us. Jonah chapter 4, uh, verses 1. I'm going to just read the whole chapter for us right now and then go back to the top. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry and he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said when I, when I was yet in my country? That is why I haste to flee to Tashish. For I knew that you are a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please just take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city, sat out at the east of the city, made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see, 
till he should see what would become of the city. He's just sitting there to find out what, what God's going to do. Now the Lord God appointed a plant, made it come up over, the, over Jonah, that it might be shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. Save Jonah, angry prophet, from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you well, do you do well to be angry with the plant for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. Three, third time. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow. It came up in the night. It perished in the night. And should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 12,000, oh, sorry, 120,000 persons, 120,000 persons who don't even know the difference between their left, left, right, left hand and their right hand. And also there's a whole lot of cattle. Go back to the top. But it displeased Jonah greatly. What we're talking about here is verse 16, verse 10 of chapter 3. Verse 10 of chapter 3 says, When God saw what they did, that is the nation of Nineveh had, had turned, they had, uh, they had uh, forsaken their ways, they had um, repented and sackcloth and ashes, and they had appropriately uh, responded to God's, uh, God's warning. So when, when God saw what they did, how they had turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. Jonah, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want destruction? Do you want God to breathe down fire, to bring down lightning? What do you want? And why are you angry? And I love the fact that the uh, chapter 4 here, God is just talking to Jonah in questions. And he asks Jonah heart-searching questions, which I think he should ask us as well. And twice over, he asks Jonah, do you do well to be angry? There's nothing wrong with being angry. But do you do well to be angry? And three times Jonah says to God, I just want to die. I just want to die. I can't get into the whole story here because there's so much amazing stuff, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry. You and I get angry. We get angry a lot. We get angry with God. We get angry with things that we think God is responsible for or ways that we think God should uh, respond. In fact, we are not very far off from Jonah. We are not so different from Jonah where we'd rather die then live to see God not do things our way. I repeat, we'd rather die than live to see God not do things our way. Verse 2, and he prayed to the Lord. At least his prayer life is still intact. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said? He said, I told you. I told you. What is the point of preaching hellfire and brimstone? What is the point of preaching all sorts of doom and destruction, when you're a merciful God, when you're a God who relents, people take one step in your direction, you take 10 steps. 
you don't you don't even give them a chance to suffer a little bit what a what an attitude and he prayed to the lord and says oh lord is not this what i said when i was in a country this is what i uh, this is why i wanted to run away that's why i wanted to go to tashish for i knew you are a who runs from a gracious god that's a good question for i knew that you are a gracious and merciful god slow to anger and about there's some little bit of psalms happening there right there in the middle of all his anger gracious god merciful god slow to anger abounding in steadfast love relenting from disaster let's do that again for i know this is jonas pastor knowledge of his god he's you are a gracious god a merciful god slow to anger abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster next time we pray we should remember these three things because jonah was remembering the righteousness of god while praying to him about his mercy about about the fact that he had shown mercy verse 3 therefore now he's now telling god therefore now o lord please take my life kill me please take my that also he didn't want to try lest he fail take my life for it is better for me to die than to live really and and, and god doesn't talk about uh, life and death he doesn't talk about the value of life he doesn't talk about what are you talking about who are you who are you questioning who do you think you are to tell me talk to me like that who are you to give me ultimatums who are you to you know list my good points and then go against me in the same breath god doesn't he just goes straight for the kill right to the heart of the matter jona you're angry why Jonah you're angry why do you do well to be angry that's a question if jonah were to answer i think we'd have a few more chapters to this book but he leaves it right there in fact the last verse verse 11 is it that's the book ends there therefore lord please take my life verse 5 jonah went out of the city and sat at the east so here's a little bit of um description of the setting uh jonah as he goes out he says east of the city he makes himself a little booth and he's sitting there and saying let's see let's see god is merciful i know he's gracious i know he's abounding love i bet everything i said is not going to happen all the doom and destruction are going to happen i'm going to look like an absolute idiot let me just see what happens and he's 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 miffed he's ticked off he's upset Jonah went out of the city sat on the east side made a booth for himself he sat under the shade till he should see what would become of the city verse 6 now the lord god appointed a plant here's where i find god fascinating now the lord god appointed a plant and made it come up over jonah a lot of this fast case a thing a worm coming a plant coming this is not big theater for god this is not big theater in fact what he, it's what he does every day a miracle is when he when he fast forwards what he already does a miracle is when god fast forwards what he already does when he turned water to wine water turns to wine every day inside a grape but when you fast forward that and do it instantly you're saying that you're the one who used to who always made that happen when a person who is sick becomes well and god heals him and there's a miracle healing would have happened anyway in its own time and in its own way because god has created man for healing but when he fast forwards something he is basically saying i am the author of the very process i can jump start this process i can kick start this process and i can go forward so that's nothing great about these little uh, features in the in in the bible jonah went out of the city sat down there he got a points of plant he made it come over jonah that it might give shade over his head would you have done something nice for jonah in that given situation would you have cared for jonah in that given situation 
See, the love of God the Father is even when I'm angry, even when I'm bitter, even when I'm struggling to understand why God work, does what he does and how God works the way he works, even when I'm wanting to die rather than live to see the way God not fulfill life my way, still God will not hold back the basic necessities. He will still provide. He still gives. And many of us take for granted that and we misread that because God is still leaving us with our jobs. He still lets us have our income. He still lets the sun sunrise and the and the rain uh, uh, fall on 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 the wicked and the and the righteous equally, because God still allows a few blessings to trickle our way, even when we're frothing at the mouth, angry, you know, unconcerned about the world around us, can't be bothered about Nineveh, leave alone, uh, you know, anything else. God still cares. He still cares for us because he knows that we are weak. He knows what we're made of and he is determined to use us anyway. For those of you in ministry and for those of you who struggle to balance work and ministry and you wonder if God has has given up on you or God has uh, sacked you or he is uh, he's not pleased to use you, think again, think again. If God didn't give up on Jonah, he's not going to give up on you or me. This story is not about Jonah. The name of this book should have been God. It should have been God, but it's named Jonah. And even there lies the grace of God. Even there, because this book is about God and his incredible mercy for a prophet who just won't get it. Are we different to Jonah? Well, do we want to pray for God to relent from the disasters around us? Do we want to pray for God to relent from uh, from some of the horrific times people are going through around us? It's worth stopping and thinking about. Verse 6. Now the Lord appointed a plant that it might be shade over his head. To save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. This fellow is extremes. He either wants to die or he's very happy. Nothing in between. But when dawn came, God now wants to use that situation to give him a hard time to get to make his point. Very theatrical, but here it is. But when, when dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. So the plant's gone with the worm. Then the sun rises, sun beats on his head, scorching east wind and sun beat on, uh, down on Jonah's head. So much so that the fellow was half fainting. And he asked that he might die. Here we go. He asked that he might, please God, let me die. It is better for me to die than to, who said? Who said, Jonah? Who, who said that it's better to die than to live? What do you know about the afterlife that is better than living here for God? It is better for me to die than to live. He knows that we are angry and he says, I just want out. I want out. Just just time out. You know, get, get me off the, 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 you know, Ferris wheel. Get me off the, off the merry-go-round. I'm done. Uh, stop the planet. I want to get off. When dawn came, 
a worm came, sun rose, he felt faint. And he asked that he might die. It's better for me to die. Verse 9. But God said to Jonah, Do you well, do you do well to be angry? Twice. Question number two. This is a this is a, a, a therapy session between God and his prophet. This is a therapy session. Jonah, you're angry. Because you're angry, you ran. Then you succumbed. But now you're running again. Jonah, if you keep, if you stay angry, you'll never understand my heart. Jonah, if you stay angry, you'll never get what I'm trying to do here. You'll always look, you'll always want me to use my power. But you'll never want me to save people from my power. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. So that's suicide to show somebody something. It's suicide to want to, uh, to want to rebel, to want to show the world or show God that, that you're not going to have it anyone else's way. Here we are, verse 10. We're getting close to the end. And the Lord said, <laughs> you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow. Now, you, you don't want to superimpose completely that situation with the nation of uh, Nineveh, but he's dealing with a very angry guy. Okay, so, Jesus, so God is just kind of very gently saying, you're feeling bad for a plant that withered. It came up in the night and it died in the night, perished in the night. You're feeling bad for a plant. Your anger is not even able to be happy that I gave you the plant for a little while. Here, Nineveh, the great city, Please note that the great city, because it's one, it was one of the metropolitans of its, of its time, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who don't know their right hand from their left hand. He's talking about babies. He's talking about babies and he's talking about babies as persons. And God is recognizing that there's cattle. That means there's livelihood because God cares for, for, for his creation. He's, he's a creator. And God cares for the children who don't know their left from their right. There are people who are yet to make a decision about me. There are people who are yet to know me and they yet to understand my goodness and respond to me. But here you are. Here you are feeling more sorry for yourself because a plant died. Then you are feeling sorry for... No, Jonah, where is your heart? Where is your heart? I put that in there. That's, that's my paraphrase there. God doesn't even bother to say that. God doesn't, as, as if to say, God, you know what? Close the book. We're done here. We're done here. Jonah, if you don't get my heart, you're never going to get my ministry. If you don't get my heart, you're never going to get my message. Because my message comes from a heart to save. I'm not here to judge. You know what he said, what Jesus said about Jesus, the Bible says, John chapter 3 verse 17, the verse that we ignore and we mostly quote verse 16. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God wants us to preach a message of doom, destruction, warning, and hell. But God does not want to follow through on that plan. So the message is not to inform people they're going to hell. 
the message is to ask people to respond to Christ so that they don't go to hell. There is a hell, but more than hell, there is a Christ. There is a Savior. And even back in the Old Testament, the evangelistic heart of God burned for the Ninevites, who were not his people. The Ninevites were not his people. It was a side city on its own. But he burned for, uh, with, com with compassion for those people. And he sent one of his prophets over to those people so that they may hear the gospel. And these people who were not of his people responded in 100%. And the problem case wasn't the hearers, but the messenger. Is the problem with the world or with the church? Is the problem with, with the people or the leadership? Is the problem with the hearers or with the message? We really need to step back. And this series, in, in this Wednesday, uh, Thursday nights, we've been talking about the church. We've been talking about who we are called to be as the church. We've been talking about what it means to be the church and to be a, 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 a life-changing ministry. We can either be worried, angry, concerned. When, when God asks, why are you angry? Do you do well to be angry? And the answer is, yes. I do well to be angry because I'm not okay. Now, if we can get over that and focus our fact, our eyes on the fact that there's an anyway, there are 120,000 children who don't know the left from the right. There's cattle, there's, there's livelihood. And then there's a city of people, a great city that God wants to save. Then once we put our eyes on him, on, on, on that, then maybe God will take care of us. But until we take our eyes off us, we will only see the plant, the worm, and the scorching heat. We'll only be dealing with our own emotions. Uh, you ask me, where did I find all of that in this chapter? I didn't. It's what we call musings. As you think about the heart of God and the way God dealt with this fellow, Jonah, he's no different to me. I get angry. And sometimes I want ministry. I want the church to grow. I want the world to be saved on the side. But I want to have my life. I want to have a good life. I don't want any discomfort. And as long as I'm doing okay, you know, I'm ready to give the gospel to everybody else. Provided God doesn't make me look stupid. Uh, we got to rethink that. We got to really back up and rethink that. So we're, where does the church stand today? The, the Bible says that we are called and we are sent. We are called and we are sent. Now in the evangelistic side of our ministry, that is the Sunday morning in the online service, I'm preaching that we have been called to live your calling. So God calls people to live according to his calling. But the calling is ascending. And we who are in the church must understand that we are must understand that we are being sent. If we are being sent, the question is, for what? We have to be on mission all the time. And God wants every single member of the church to be on mission. Every member of the body. What does that mean? What does it mean to be on mission? Well, before you go to Nineveh, before you preach the gospel, 
before you understand or do anything, you've got to understand the heart of God. And I think that's where we are as a church. We really need to stop and ask, Lord, what is your heart for Delhi? And it's going to come from prayer. Lord, what is your heart for the nation of India? And then when we get that burning that, that catches on from the God's heart, that's when we'll begin to really take our eyes off the worm, the plant, and the scorching heat. And we'll put our eyes on, 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 on the country around us. God is a missional God. God is a missional God. His eyes are on those who are lost. His arms long for those who are lost. But if the church doesn't feel the heart of God, we'll be no different to Jonah. We'll be no different to Jonah. We'll be threatening, breathing threats right, left and center. We'll be giving God ultimatums and threatening him with spiritual suicide. We are threatening him with spiritual suicide. You don't do this for me, I'm walking away from you. I'm not interested. I'm not going to read the word. I'm not going to pray. If this doesn't happen, I'm not going to. That's spiritual suicide. Thank you so much, beloved, for being with me this evening. I trust that uh, our few thoughts on Jonah and our time together, our prayers have uh, have, have encouraged you. You have every reason to be encouraged. You are of the Lord. You are his people. Your labor is not in vain. He is not forgotten. He's thinking and looking after your children who are far from you. He's looking after your grandchildren who are far from you. He's looking after uh, your, uh, your work. Nothing is beyond his care. God is in control and he is watching over you. He's allowing us through this time. And usually... When he trusts his people to go through a hard time, it's not for a lesson to be learned. It's for a new person to be loved. He wants to reach a new person for you, for himself. So God is doing a mighty work around you, not just in you. But he will work through you. So be, be encouraged, be strong, be, be one in the Lord and don't give, the, don't give up the faith. Keep the faith. God's got you, uh, and God, God's got you in the palm of his hand. He's got you uh, close to his heart. Don't give up. May the Lord bless you. Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson. And if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe. <laughs>